Susan Offen. And I'm Laura Potter. And we're your host today for Pure Truth. We want to welcome you to our podcast and thank you for listening. Today, our topic will be spiritual gifts and what they are for. And our scripture for today is from 1 Corinthians 12, 4. It says, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. Amen. Yeah, spiritual gifts have been a hot topic for centuries. You know, there, there are many different opinions and interpretations on them, but ultimately, We need to understand that spiritual gifts are part of the very nature of God, given to us for Him to use to fulfill His purposes in our lives and on the earth. And according to Ephesians 4, 12-15, God gave spiritual gifts for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect or complete man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ." That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight or fraud of men, in cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Oh, that was a mouthful. Must have been James Version. <laughs> yeah, got me. Yeah, it was good, though. So when we use our spiritual gifts, the body of Christ will be edified unified and matured we're going to talk about that a lot today Mm -hmm. we will avoid deception by satan and by wicked men and we will grow in christ and today we want to talk about the many different spiritual gifts are that are mentioned in in, all through the bible and we will explain what each of them are used for so susan you want to get us started yes the spiritual gifts given to each person by the holy spirit are special abilities that are to be used to minister to the needs of the body of believers Part of this chapter in 1 Corinthians 12 mentions nine gifts, but it's not an exhaustive list. Right. There are many gifts. Yes. People have different gifts. Some people have more than one gift, and one gift is not superior to another. I mm-hmm. love that. All spiritual gifts come from the Holy Spirit, and the purpose is to build up Christ's body, the church. In 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11, it mentions nine gifts. Like I said, Paul writes, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Yes. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good, as I said earlier. Yeah. To one there is given the Spirit of the message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge. Other gifts are, are healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing or discernment of spirits, speaking in tongues, and interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He gives them to each one just as He determines. Right. As I mentioned earlier, it's not an exhaustive list, because as we read in Romans 12, 6-8, it mentions, We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage, and if it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it's leadership, let him govern diligently, and if it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. That's good. God's gift 
gifts differ in nature, power, and effectiveness according to his wisdom and graciousness, not according to our faith. And the measure of faith or the proportion of faith means that God will give spiritual power necessary and appropriate to carry out each responsibility. We cannot, by our own power and effort and willpower, drum up more faith and thus be more effective teachers or service. These are the gifts to his church, and he gives faith and power as he wills. Our role is to be faithful and to seek ways to serve others with what Christ has given us. Mm -hmm. And so we can look at this list and imagine the kinds of people who would have each gift. Prophets are often bold and articulate. Servers, those in hands-on ministry, are faithful and loyal. Teachers are clear thinkers. Encouragers know how to motivate others. Givers are generous and trusting. And leaders are good organizers and managers. Right, Kathy? Yes. <laughs> I do my best. What would we We're do all without like Kathy? chuckling at our gifts here? <laughs> Those right. who show mercy are caring people who are happy to give their time to others. That's Susan right there. <laughs> <laughs> it would be difficult for one person to embody all these gifts. An assertive prophet would not make a good counselor, and a group giver <laughs> might fail as a leader. Right. But when you identify your own gifts, and this list is far from complete, we can ask God how we can use them to build up God's family, mm-hmm. and at the same time realize that my gifts can't do the work of the church all alone. Right. Yeah, we need each other. <laughs> You're not an island. Yes. <laughs> right. It's good to be thankful for people whose gifts are completely different from mine. Hopefully other people's strengths will balance out my weaknesses, and my strengths will balance out their weaknesses. I'm also grateful that their abilities make up for my deficiencies, because together we can build up Christ's church. I'm going to stop you right there, because you just saying those words, it, it just brings me back to the three of us, and God appointing the three of us together. Mm-hmm. And we each have some very unique talents Mm -hmm. and putting the three of us together has been such a blessing. You guys, you know, y'all only hear what we say here on, on our podcast, you know, in each episode, but which is a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) Now I think you should see the bloopers. Right. We're going to come up with the bloopers one day because it's just hilarious, but you know, it's so amazing that the three of us, that God put us together because I think we've told the story before. I didn't know these ladies very well. Mm-hmm. When God told me I was going to do a podcast, I was like, yeah, right, Lord. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, yeah, you're going to ask Laura and you're going to ask Susan. I don't even know them that well. <laughs> That's right. You know, but when I did and they all have such a, an intimate relationship with God, they all went to him and, and it was it was a big resounding yes, this is what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here we are, you know, and we just celebrated our our one-year anniversary um, in March. You know, yes. we first... When we first got together. The, our first meeting was on March the 7th mm-hmm. of 2022. Yeah. You know, we, our first recording wasn't released until June the 21st of last year, 2022. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just amazing that God is... Because we are obedient to that. And it's just talk, like you talked about, each one of us have our gifts and we work in tandem with each other. And mm-hmm. and I don't know if we bless you guys, you know, I, I'm hoping that we do, but we bless each other. Mm-hmm. And that to me is, is just worth everything. So. We all yeah. three have different giftings, yet we complement each other. Right. And we work together as a whole. Yeah. Yes. We, we have a good time while yeah. we're doing this. It's a blessing. We Joy appreciate, of the Lord. you know, yeah. we, we just have an appreciation for each other's gifts and right. how they 
like one one may you know be good in this area but then the other one picks up in the other area right we can't do it all like susan just said you can't do it all it works so beautifully together the Mm -hmm. three of us yeah yeah Uh, really is yeah that's the lord yeah yes it is so as we're talking about the different gifts Mm -hmm. when i said it wasn't an exhaustive list i'm just going to mention a few more here in a Mm -hmm. brief description of each one so there's a gift of administration which is the ability to help steer the church or a ministry toward the successful completion of God-given goals, like skills of planning, organization, and supervision. I'm pointing at Kathy. Kathy. Yes. <laughs> Where would we be? Where would we be without her list? <laughs> My itineraries. <laughs> uh, we're, 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 we're talking out loud here. <laughs> um, and the, another one is apostle, which is a person sent to new places with the gospel, like missionaries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Discernment. The wisdom to recognize truth from untruth, knowing whether a behavior or teaching is from God or an ungodly source. And there's the gift of evangelism, the ability to successfully communicate the message of the gospel to non-believers. Exhortation, the ability to offer encouragement, comfort, and support to help (laughs) someone be all that God wants them to be. They're pointing at me. Laura. In faith, people with this gift have such great confidence in the power and promises of God that they can stand strong in their belief no matter what may try to shake them. Yes. They also stand up for the church and for their faith in such a way as to defend and move it forward. And we have a very good friend in our Bible study who mm-hmm. definitely has this yes. gift. Oh my goodness. And another one is giving. Those who have this gift are particularly willing and able to share what resources they have with pleasure and without the need to see them returned. Healing, a capability used by God to restore others. This can be physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually. Mm-hmm. And helps or helper, someone with this gift is able to support or assist members of the body of Christ so they may be free to minister to others. Yeah. Hospitality, a natural ability to make people, even strangers, feel welcome in one's own home or church. That's also Laura. <laughs> yeah, as a means to disciple or serve them. Yep. A gift of knowledge, this is the gift of someone who actively pursues knowledge of the Bible. This person may also enjoy analyzing biblical data. And leadership, this aptitude marks a person who is able to stand before a church to direct the body with care and attention and to motivate them toward achieving the church's goals. Mm -hmm. Gift of mercy, this is defining trait of a person with great sensitivity for those who are suffering. It manifests itself in offering compassion, encouragement, and in a love for giving practical help to someone in need. We're all pointing to Susan. (laughs) Susan, I I have that too, but man, it's strong enough. Yes, yes. Wow. Prophecy, the ability to speak the message of God to others. This sometimes involves foresight or visions of what is to come, and this skill should be used only to offer encouragement or warning. We're pointing at each other. Yes, it's all of us. Yeah, serving a talent for identifying tasks needed for the body of Christ and using available resources to get the job done. Mm Mm-hmm. Speaking in tongues, the supernatural ability to speak in another language, one that has not been learned. Yes. 
and teaching, the skill to teach from Bible and communicate it effectively for the <laughs> understanding and spiritual growth of others. We're pointing at each other. <laughs> That's definitely all three of us. And the gift of wisdom, the gift of being able to sort through facts and data to discover what needs to be done for the church. But back to teaching, and <clears throat> that is our Bible study teacher. Oh, yes. 110%. Talk about a gifted woman who's a gifted teacher. Just lets God pour into her. And then what she does with that, you know, comes out. How she explains things Uh, to us and helps us come to that conclusion. That's what a teacher does, is they help others come to that conclusion on their own. Yes. You know, not just spoon feeding you, but making you discover it for yourselves. Right. That's just amazing. Puts out a little spark. Yeah. And right. Then, and then in, in the homework that we do, then we get into the, you know, the fire of it, the, the meat of it. And oh, my goodness. But we drive off in our cars going, oh, my what? goodness. We, now what? you we, find the truth for yourself. Right. She right. leaves you in that place yeah. to right. figure it out. She yeah. makes you dig. Yeah. yeah. And then it's between you and the Lord. Holy right. Spirit, Holy Spirit will do the rest. Yep. That's what she does. She's good at it. Yeah. Well, this list I just read, all of this is... Definitely, they're all given by God. Yes. And one of my gifts is empathy, or as you guys have said, mercy. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that didn't surprise me at all. <laughs> <laughs> and knowing this helped me to seek out training in becoming a spiritual director. Yeah. So this way, I set aside time to sit with people and listen to how God's working in their lives and on their spiritual journeys. Right. This also doesn't have to be a scheduled session, of course. Sometimes I bump into someone in the supermarket or (laughs) other places that are, you know, wanting to talk and just not feeling too hot at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's good, though. You know, when you become a believer in Jesus Christ and you're baptized and you receive the Holy Spirit in your life, God's Spirit will give you spiritual gifts. Some people may receive one gift, like Susan was talking about. Others may receive several gifts. It all depends on what God knows you need in the time that you're here on earth. Right. I mean, the reason that we get gifts is so that everything we do, God may be praised and his work will be accomplished here on the earth. You know, in 1 Peter 4, 11, it says, do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Right. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies then everything you do will bring glory to God and through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to Him forever and ever. Amen. And I found in Scripture that there are many spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit can distribute among the people of God. When these gifts work together in a spirit of unity, God is glorified, and God's kingdom can advance in power and authority on the earth. You know, there's many different gifts, like Susan was explaining some of them, but they are equally important there's no one mm-hmm. that's greater than the other. That's right. And they're all, they are to be used in the context of community. Which, not, which brings unity. Right, right. 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 They have to work in tandem with the community yes. and unity. Right. <laughs> to make a, make a rap out of that. <laughs> I just want to point out that there's, there's a difference between the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. Because some of you may have read in Scripture and you say, well, wait a minute, what's that? You yeah. know, but uh, spiritual gifts are not the fruit of the Spirit mentioned in Galatians 5, through 23. These are two different things, and sometimes people mix them together. Right. But the fruit of the Spirit are aspects of Christ's character, which every Christian is to seek and promote and develop, you know, as you grow in your maturity and relationship with Jesus. So the fruit of the Spirit would be demonstrated, would be a demonstration of these characteristics in your life. 
like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. See, those are not spiritual gifts. Those are fruits of the Spirit. Right. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. You know, on the other hand, the spiritual gifts are manifestations of the Spirit's power at work in your life. The fruit of the Holy Spirit are attributes of your redeemed nature. And, you know, as fruit, they may be cultivated. Right? You can work on those things. Right. When a gift is displayed, it's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. It's a visible act, which, you know, can be seen or heard or felt, not an invisible grace like the fruit of spirit, the fruit of the spirit. (laughs) I said it so fast. (laughs) Rather than being developed, you know, character qualities such as kindness or patience, the manifestation gifts are supernatural and often sudden revelations of God's power for the common good and for the benefit of the entire congregation or the community that you're in. Right. You know, spiritual gifts are not natural abilities. They are supernatural abilities given by God. I like the way you said that. Mm -hmm. You know, we could also include Ephesians 4.11, but that's a list of offices that's mentioned in the Bible, not spiritual gifts per se, but I'll cover that a little bit later. Yeah. So I'd like to explain a little bit more on the, the gifts that Susan explained earlier and just look at how those gifts look like in real life. Right. So... The first one like, is prophecy. I'll talk about that one. The Greek word translated prophecy in both passages properly means a speaking forth. Like according to Thayer's Greek lexicon, the word refers to a discourse emanating from divine inspiration and declaring the purposes of God. You know, whether by reproving or admonishing the wicked or comforting the afflicted or revealing things hidden, especially by foretelling future events. To prophesy is to declare the divine will, to interpret the purposes of God, or to make known in any way the truth of God that is designed to influence people. And I've learned over the years that the gift of prophecy is to be used to lift people up, to see things from God, our Father's perspective, and to encourage others by sharing words of knowledge given to them by the Holy Spirit. This is why the Apostle Paul says that if you're going to desire any gift— Desire the gift of prophecy because it benefits everybody. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, we see Jesus working in that gift of prophecy in the example from the Samaritan woman at the well oh, in yeah. John 4, you know, 16 right. through 19. And he says to her, he says, go and get your husband, Jesus told her. And she says, I don't have a husband. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband. You have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man that you're living with now. Ooh, you poor. certainly spoke the truth. That's um, some ice cold water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she says, sir, the woman says, you must be a prophet. I'm like, duh. Okay. <laughs> Jesus was a prophet, and he spoke to the woman with a word of knowledge given to him by the Holy Spirit. This is just one example of prophetic gifting. Jesus didn't speak those words to condemn her, though. He used the use it to help the woman to see that he was the long-awaited Messiah because right. they were looking for the Messiah. Right. And uh, another gift is serving, also referred to as ministering. This gift involves providing service of any kind. It is the broad application of practical help to those in need. Serving is a translation of the Greek word diakonian. Wow. <laughs> wow. From thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm impressed I could pronounce that. <laughs> it's it's where we get the English word deacon. So yeah. diaconian okay. is deacon. So deacons are positions within the many denominations of churches 
but they they primarily serve in different areas of the church to make sure things get done, basically. It's a servant's role, right? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. what Jesus demonstrated to us all throughout his ministry. And we should take the role, everybody should take the role of being a servant. Right. But there are those who, you know, serving others is where you receive the most joy, you know, flooding through your veins. That's when you know you're working and you're gifting. Yep. You know? It brings mm-hmm. joy. Mm-hmm. So another gift is teaching. And this gift involves the analysis and proclamation of the Word of God, explaining the meaning, the context, and the application to the hearer's life. The gifted teacher is one who has the unique ability to clearly instruct and communicate knowledge, specifically the doctrines of the faith. So a person with this gifting gets joy and satisfaction from seeing the lights come on in people's faces, you know, when they truly grasp an idea or concept that most people don't understand regarding the Word of God. Right. You know, I will say that this gifting doesn't mean that you have to be in a classroom, you know, teaching. You do it naturally in conversations with people, and and people will point it out to you. Yeah. They'll say, oh, my gosh, you're such a teacher, you know, or blah, 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 blah. Right. (laughs) And just to go back to what we talked about earlier for our podcast, there are so many times the three of us are sitting at a table talking, and we're like, oh, my goodness, we should have the record button on because we get into some deep stuff, guys. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. <laughs> and it's just all to glorify God. That's all we want to talk about. It's just glorifying God and how much he's done. And, and so we want to share what we've learned with yes, other people. That's yeah. why it comes out like it that. Does. Yeah. It just comes out of us. <laughs> yes. Can't stop it. So another gift is encouraging, also called exhortation. The girls were pointing at me. <laughs> this gift is evident in those who consistently call upon others to heed and follow God's truth, mm-hmm. which may involve correction or building others up to, by strengthening weak faith or comforting them in trials. Yeah. Again, it's it's just wanting to help other people see things from God's perspective. Yeah. You know? You're good at that. <laughs> Well, thank you. It's not me, though. (laughs) This is personally one of my, again, this is one of my strongest gifts, right? Yeah. But I will tell you that when I am explaining a biblical truth to someone and helping them to see things from God's perspective, I mean, and it's not my own perspective, it's God's perspective. And I see the disposition on their face change from confusion or distress to just lighting up with relief or joy. It's like pure adrenaline running through my veins, Yeah. you know? Many times, it blesses you. Yes, it just is a blessing. Yes, to bless others that way. Yeah, that's God. That's, yeah, that's yeah. God. And sometimes, you know, when I'm I'm explaining things, the Spirit will give me a vision to my mind to illustrate the point to that person, and it really encourages me as well, just yeah. by seeing that vision. And you know, see that again, it comes from the Holy Spirit. It's not right. me. I'm I'm just a frog on a log. <laughs> <laughs> I've you know. Never- Ever heard you say that? <laughs> Potter, the frog on the log. I'm <laughs> just a frog murmur. <laughs> but when the Holy Spirit comes and, and gives me something to say, then I light up. Yeah. You know, then I, I, I'm on. Right. You know, but otherwise I'm just murmur. <laughs> I'm just me. <laughs> Do you eat the bugs when they... <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> But, you know, Proverbs 11.25 says, The generous will prosper, but those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Yes. You know, I, yes. and that's, that's what happens. When I encourage somebody else, yeah. I get encouraged. When you, you are working in your gifting, you will get encouragement yes. From, yes. from pouring out to other people. That's what his word says. Right. Yep. So another gift is giving. 
gift is giving. <laughs> Gifted givers are those who joyfully share what they have with other people, whether it's financial, material, or the giving of personal time and attention. The giver is concerned for the needs of others and seeks opportunities to share goods, to share their money, to share their time with them as needs arise. Susan. <laughs> She's a giver. The Bible states that it's better to give than to receive. And once again, the giver receives immense joy when they are able to give in some way to help other people. Yeah. This is why, you know, many wealthy people are blessed with this gift because God knows that they will help build his kingdom and help those in need. You know, he gives to those who he knows are, are going to be responsible and pour out the way he wants them to do it. Right. 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 So another gift is leadership, and the gifted leader is one who rules and presides over or has the management of other people in the church. The word literally means guide and carries with it the idea of one who, like, steers a ship, like a captain. Oh, captain, my captain. (laughs) (laughs) One with the gift of leadership rules with wisdom and grace and exhibits the fruit of the Spirit in his life as he leads by example. He or she. <laughs> yeah. Another name for this gift is the gift of administration. And you see people with this gift quickly rise up and take the lead in groups and in places of business. Uh, then another gift is mercy. And that's closely linked with the gift of encouragement. Right. The gift of mercy is obvious in those who are compassionate towards others who are in distress, showing sympathy and sensitivity, coupled with the desire and the resources to lessen their suffering in a kind and cheerful manner. And every time I took the spiritual gifts test when I was younger, this was, I say younger, just a few years ago, but but this was always a low scoring number for me, which means I wasn't gifted in this way much. But but I, I will say over time and spending time with friends with that gift, I've learned to open my heart and my eyes to be more compassionate and loving and kind towards other people. And praise God he did, right? You know, because I'm just giving an example Many years ago, I was, I had a good, my good friend was, she's got a strong gift of mercy, right? Yeah. And she's also in the medical field. I mean, it just goes hand in hand. And we'd be going somewhere and it's pouring down rain and she sees somebody, we're trying to like go up these stairs to get to this Coliseum for a graduation ceremony. And she sees somebody in a walker trying to go up the stairs and it's pouring down rain. And my first thought is, let's make a beeline for the door and get out of the rain. Yes. Her first thought is, I've got to go help that person. And I'm going, oh, great. You know? <laughs> got to get wet. I'm going to get all soaking wet because you got to go help that person. <laughs> they can help themselves. <laughs> But seriously, you know, if you're you're thinking when you're walking in the flesh, that's what you're thinking, oh, right? Yeah, right? You know, course. it's very human it. to yes. think that way, right? Yeah. I'm I'm all about me, right? <laughs> I don't want to get wet. But you know, every time we were going somewhere or going through a parking lot, she'd make a beeline for somebody who was struggling somewhere. Yeah. And it really opened my eyes to to be like, man, I'm a heel. <laughs> You know, I just don't, I'd, I'd kind of, you know, like, shoot, I wasn't even thinking that. That's not my first thought. No. Because that was just the way I, I am. Right. But because when you're gifted in that area, that is the first thing you're it thinking. It fits your heart. It's a good, right. it's about a compassion. Again, it's the Holy Spirit in your life. Yeah. And that's a really strong area for you right. for ministry. So that is the first thing at the, it's like in the top of your, your mind, yeah. you know. Susan and I both 
we're very that's mercy is one of our things that it, yeah right so one of those things that you're constantly thinking can i open the door for you can i get that off the shelf for you when i'm at the store right you know let me move out of your way you know it's it's constant it's what i think about you know my husband said one time he said because he's an athlete yeah and he's never been injured really yeah. you know you get bumps and bruises playing football in college and all that kind of stuff but he's never been injured. Well, once we got married and, and he was out of college and he was playing intramural softball and he was running between the bases and his Achilles like didn't totally tear away, oh. but it, it tore big time. Oh, and he just felt a pop as he was running between bases and just totally wiped out, you know, because he didn't have the ability to even stand hardly. Right. Well, once he got injured, you know, and he had to wear, he had to use crutches, yeah. you know, and have one of those casts on for a while it gave him an appreciation for opening up the door for other people that are injured or looking at someone who's you know needing help because before he never even really paid attention right but once you've been injured and hurt and you've been in that position of being needy you know then your your eyes are opened right to those that's exactly what happened with me with my friends so that's why i say the gifts can work together. Absolutely. Because we can learn from each other. Right. And when, say, maybe you're not very assertive or, or administrative, but by being around somebody who is, it helps you learn the skills right. that you right. need. See how beautiful that is? That's yeah, that's meant. true. That's what he wants for it's us. It's like an interwoven tapestry right. of yeah. us all working together, and it makes a beautiful, beautiful picture. Yes. Yeah. So, Good stuff. Another gift is, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> Another gift is the people who have words of wisdom. You know, the fact that this gift is described as the word of wisdom indicates that it's it's a speaking gift. You know, this gift describes someone who can understand and speak forth biblical truth in such a way as to skillfully apply it to life situations with discernment. The Bible also tells us in James 1.5, if you need wisdom, Ask our generous God, and He will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. So even if you weren't given that gift, He says you can ask Him for that gift. Right, right. You know that's Any gifts. Yeah, the gifts. Yeah, you know. And then another gift is a word of knowledge, or some people just call that gift knowledge. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So this is another speaking gift that involves understanding truth with an insight that only comes by revelation from God. Those with the gift of knowledge understand the deep things of God and the mysteries of His Word. And many times this gifting will work alongside with the gift of prophecy. Yes. You know, just as I gave the example of the woman at the well, you know, in my own life, when someone asks me to interpret their dreams, I receive words of knowledge from the Holy Spirit to help interpret their dreams, you know, and my own as well. Yeah. Which is also a gift of interpretation. Right. But it's used for dreams or, or things like that. Visions or, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, or visions, right. Another gift is faith. All believers possess faith, right, in some measure, because right. it's one of the gifts of the whole, the Spirit has bestowed on all people who come to, to their faith in Christ. So it takes faith to posit in you to even come to that decision, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's from Galatians 5, through 23. The spiritual gift of faith is exhibited in one with a strong and un- unshakable confidence in God, His Word, His promises, and the power of prayer to effect miracles. And since God says in Hebrews eleven six, it's impossible to please God without faith. So anyone who wants to, you know, come to Him must believe that God exists and that He rewards those who, who I can't even say it, who sincerely seek Him. So we can all ask for greater measure of faith. 
so that we can fully believe God in all that he asks us to do. The next gift is healing, and that gift is exhibited by Jesus all throughout his ministry, right? And it was also demonstrated by his disciples and followers. It's still demonstrated today in various ways. Healing can be physical, it can be mental, it can be emotional. And it says in Isaiah 53, 5, But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins, and he was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. And some people in other translations, it says, by his stripes, we are healed. Yes, mm-hmm. You know, that. the stripes that he took at the cross. Right. So what Jesus endured for us at the cross made the way possible for us to have complete and total healing. Wow. I believe that. I do too. Yes, me too. Another gift is miraculous powers, also known as the working of miracles. This is a gift that involves performing supernatural events that could only be attributed to the power of God. So that gift was exhibited by Paul, like in Acts 19, 11 through 12. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. Is, that's, that is miraculous. That is miraculous. Yes. It's crazy. Think about that. I yeah. mean, it's just the power of God right. being transferred to that material. Well, and they had to have faith. They, right. had to, they had to have faith just by holding that piece of cloth. That they were going to be healed. That they were going to be healed. Because right. Because it wouldn't happen without their faith. Right. That they, they work in tandem with each other. Right. You know, and it says in Acts 6, 8, it talked about Stephen. And Stephen was full of faith and power, and he did wonders and, and signs among the people. Yep. And Jesus, of course, obviously, you know, Acts 14, 13 through 21 is the whole story of the feeding of the 5,000, wow. where he took five uh, loaves of bread and two fish, and he fed 5,000 people. That's a miracle. Right. Yes. Right. So distinguishing and discerning of spirits is another gift. Certain individuals possess the unique ability to determine the true message of God from that of the deceiver, Satan, whose methods include preaching deceptive and false doctrine. Jesus said many would come in his name and many would deceive in Matthew 24, 4-5, but the gift of discerning spirits is given to the church to protect it from, from such as these. This is also demonstrated today when you're able to discern or distinguish between the difference between someone working in their flesh or someone who's working in the Spirit of God. Yeah, You know, I remember talking about this in a former episode that we did, where even just as a little child, because I came to Christ when I was seven. Yep. So those gifts were put into me at seven when I right. accepted Christ. And the Holy Spirit was in me. And so I would be in church and I'd be listening to the sermon, you know, and and a lot of times we had special music where someone got up and sang. And I was just a little girl, but when someone got up to sing and they were working in their own flesh, like they were doing it for their own glory, I felt it and I knew it. And like, I couldn't look at them. Like it really bothered me to, to look at someone who was working in their flesh. Right. And so my head would go down and I'd find something else to do because I just, it was almost like I was ashamed of them. Right. You couldn't even look at them. Right. And I was just a little girl, so I couldn't even explain to you what was going on, but I just know what I felt. Right. And so I couldn't look at them. And, and you, you think about that. I'm like, well, you're in the church and you're supposed to be glorifying God. And when you're glorifying yourself, I can't look at you. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the Holy Spirit that that's, was working in me. Not my... You know, I didn't even know what I was doing, but yeah. I was just—I just knew what I felt, well, and you like know it now, right? I mean, of course, because you've learned. Yeah, you know, God brings those memories back, right? 
you were doing this back even, back then when you were a little girl and you didn't even realize. Didn't even know it. And, yeah. right. you know, when you got, when, um, you know, someone got up to sing and they were glorifying God, you can't take your eyes off of them. Right. Because that's Jesus. Yeah. You see Jesus in them. Yes. Right? Uh, so cool. So, you know, so good. God. <laughs> so God, yeah. So another gift is speaking in tongues, and this gift involves the divine ability to speak in languages previously unknown to the speaker. The gift authenticated the message of the gospel and those who preached it as coming from God. This gift was poured out on the day of Pentecost. It's mentioned in Acts chapter 2, and it enabled those meeting there together to speak in varied languages of the people who had traveled far and wide to worship at the temple. The Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 that speaking in tongues is for personal edification, and it's a sign to unbelievers that they've received the Holy Spirit. Also, He also adds that if you are to speak in tongues in a worship service, you should also pray that someone can interpret what they're saying so that it will benefit the entire church. You know, when that used to happen, when I, when I started going to a non-denominational church, and somebody would stand up, because we the church I went to probably had, um, you know, 1,500 members, 2,000 members. So it was a big church. Mm -hmm. So somebody would stand up and they would start speaking in tongues. Mm -hmm. And I was just, this is before I knew what any of this stuff really meant. You know, I was in awe of that. I would just be sitting there going, oh my gosh, this is, this is holy. This is godly. And then they would sit down and the whole congregation was quiet. Mm. They were just, it was quiet because they knew that the Holy Spirit was speaking through this person. Mm-hmm. And then somebody else up in the balcony or behind me or whatever, they would speak up and they would, they would repeat in English, of course, what the Holy Spirit said. They're given an interpretation oh, just, of what was said. Yeah, it was the interpretation. And you would just, the tears. Like yeah. people would just cry because God, when He speaks, mm-hmm. it's powerful. You know? It was a witness of God's Holy Spirit yes. having a message to, yes. to bring that day. Right. right. And that's why I would just, I was terrified of that stuff because I was thinking I was never good enough. I'm never going to be good enough in God's eyes to be able to do those things for Him. But see, again, in your mind, as a new Christian, right. you are looking at that and elevating that gift. Right. Saying, oh, I'll never be good enough. Right. But see, again, it didn't come from that person, right? No, it, was it came from the Holy Spirit. Right. It's right. the, again, it's it's how we have to view things the correct right. way. And it's also listening to the enemy. He doesn't ever want you to think that you have the capability of doing any of those right. things. Right. Right. Oh, so, you'll never be good enough to right. do that. Yeah. You know, so, that's a total lie. Whew. Right? Thank you, yes. Lord, for teaching me. <laughs> so then that leads us to the next gift, the interpretation of tongues, yeah, right? Right. So a person with that gift of interpreting the tongues could understand what the speaker was saying, even though he, like you said, he didn't know the language that was being spoken. The Holy Spirit gave it to him. And the tongues interpreter would communicate that message of the person speaking in tongues to everybody else so that they could all understand. Yeah. So. It's an amazing gift. It's an amazing gift, too. Right? They're all amazing gifts. Big or small, or however you feel it to be big or small. I think even the smallest gifts are very, very important. They may not be seen by a lot of people, but they're part of the body of Christ, and we need to edify and lift it up and say they're all good. Right, and it's, yes. it's, remember this, you know, she, both Susan and Laura, they've, they've gone through such detail about these gifts, and just thinking about it, you know, when you know that you have one of these gifts, and you're hearing about some of these other gifts, and you want them, you, you just can ask. ask. You receive, I mean, you don't receive it if you don't ask, mm-hmm. right? You just have to ask him, right? right. You know? Right. God's good. Yes. Yep. So another gift is helps. 
closely related to the gift of mercy is the gift of helps. Those with the gift of helps are those who can aid or render assistance to others in the church with compassion and grace. This has a broad range of possibilities for application. Most importantly, this is the unique ability to identify those who are struggling with doubts and fears and other spiritual battles to move toward those in spiritual need with a kind word, an understanding, a compassionate demeanor, and to speak scriptural truth that is both convicting and loving. So now I want to share with you all what I said I would share later about Ephesians 4, 11 through 12, the list of offices within the church to help build up the body of Christ. Right. So now these are the gifts Christ gives to the church. It says the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up members of God's kingdom. These ministry offices are our leadership areas where our giftings are to be, you know, focused into building people up in a more specific way. The early church was led by these five areas to help equip the people to spread the gospel and expand God's kingdom. So typically, the order of the church leadership, as mentioned by the Apostle Paul, was first apostles, then prophets, then evangelists, then teachers, and then, I'm sorry, and then pastors and then teachers. Right. So it's apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, then teachers. You know, for many, many years, the Protestant church denominations have only focused on evangelists, pastors, and teachers to lead the church. But I believe leaving out the apostles and the prophets has done a lot of damage to the church, causing us to be off balance. Oh, for sure. And the Holy Spirit revealed these these giftings or offices of ministry to keep us in balance. And when we aren't balanced, we're off kilter, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the scriptures also say in Proverbs 29, 18, without vision, the people perish. So how can we know where our, our areas, the area of our gifts lie? You know, we can take spiritual gifts tests and you can observe it in understanding your own passions by the affirmations from other people that you observe in your serving in the church with other people. Yeah, that's right. good. That's really good, Laura. You know, we're all taught differently when we're younger, right? right? It depended on the church you went to. It depended on the denomination of the church that you attended. Or maybe you never even went to church when you were younger, right? Mm-hmm. For me, I thought only certain people could get these giftings. The way it was taught to me was I might get one, but I never knew we could receive all the gifts. Yeah. You know, I didn't even know that all of us could pray in the Spirit. Right, same. But that's what Paul mentions. We are to pray in the Spirit on all occasions. I would see that in the Bible all the time, and I'd go, okay, now wait a minute. (laughs) I I want that, you know? (laughs) Ephesians 6.18 says, pray in the Spirit at all times on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Yeah. And then 1 Corinthians 14.4 says, a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens strengthens the entire church. That's true. Right. Yeah, you know, I didn't even know there were gifts. I mean, oh, yeah. they it is with my denomination denominational background. Yeah. Right. It does teach it in the church, but it I don't remember ever learning about yeah. that. So if you didn't hear me earlier, she's she was raised as a Catholic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But, you know, I mean, it, it all depends on the denomination, what you've been taught. Uh, right. And even and a lot of times, it, it's not even the denomination. It's the church. Right. The church leadership and how they're leading, you know, the congregation and stuff. Because yeah. not all Baptist churches are the same. Not all Catholic churches are the same. Right. So, 
you know, it, it all just depends on the leadership. It does. Yeah, it and, just felt like something hidden that, like you said, Kathy, that you can't, mm-hmm. you, I didn't know that I could have them. Right, right, right. Now you do. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> all right, so we know that every member of the body of Christ is given at least one spiritual gift. His word says that. God is very strategic when he gives these gifts. In a church body, these members do not function independently as servants of God. Rather, they function as a healthy, contributing member of the church. So God's plan is for the church to be in unity, operating as one. If one Christian possessed all of the spiritual gifts, he would be self-sufficient and would have, he would have no need of the other members. He gave us, God gave us different gifts because we need each other. When we operate in our various roles, the body of Christ will then experience the fullness of God's love. When we are in unity, this brings glory to God. So we were, when we are in disunity, we become divided, and this separates us from God. We then see the enemy at work, and he will continue to cause division that will lead to destruction. So I want to talk about conflict in the church and the harm it causes. This is a icky subject, but it's very well. It needs to be talked important. about so it, very so we, we make sure it doesn't it. happen. Yeah. So there is scripture that details this very subject in James four verses one through ten. It says, "What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel." You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us? But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched, and mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Okay, so I think a lot of people can say that we've attended a church that had conflict, right? Yep. It yes. happens. You know, it happens a lot more than, than many of us realize. And it just goes to show that the enemy is active and doing his best to cause division from within the church. And I found an article titled The Cause of The Cause of and Cure for Church Conflict. And in this article, the author, David Vanneker, breaks down James 4, 1 through 10. And I want to sh- I want to share some of what he says. So he asked this question. If conflicts within the church are opposed to God's nature, plan, and commands, as well as the church's nature, mission, and power, what is their source? Where do they come from? And equally important, what are we to do about them? How can we avoid them, resolve them when they do show up, and heal from them afterwards? Conflict within the church is not new, right? Evidently, James was dealing with some of these same issues 2,000 years ago. And he says in James 4.1, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? They were obviously quarreling and fighting among themselves. Mm -hmm. In verses 2 and 3, he answers his own question. Verse 2 and 3 says, you desire and do not have. You covet and cannot obtain. You do not have. You do not ask and you do not receive. David says, and he's the author again of the article, he says that the problem as far as James readers were was concerned was that there were things they wanted, but they could not get. Think about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Well, why couldn't they have what they wanted? They felt the cause was other people within the church were keeping them from getting what they really wanted. 
other Christians were the cause of the conflict. We don't know the whole backstory as to why they felt this way. We only know that this is what's happening, or what was happening. David, again, the author states, To be clear, the quarreling and fighting that James was addressing was not simple, healthy disagreement. He wasn't even referring to spirited but good-natured debates about serious topics. He was talking about adversarial, you-must-lose-so-I-can-win, animus-driven fighting. That means it was serious, and it had to be causing major problems within the church. Jealousy, backfighting, envy. Yes. Yes. All that stuff. Right. right. Self-centeredness. Yes. Those are not the fruits of the Spirit. No. <laughs> no. Those are definitely from the enemy. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, yeah, problems in the church have started when the church first started. Right. In Acts. And in one, 1 Corinthians 12. Wait, wait. Say that again. I didn't hear that. <laughs> So problems within the church started when the first church started. That's awesome. I mean, that's not awesome, but (laughs) the way you worded that was awesome. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And even back, you know, in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 12, Paul was writing to the church in Corinth and Christians everywhere, Mm -hmm. of course. Corinth was a major cosmopolitan city, a seaport, and major trade center. It was also filled with idolatry and immorality. Mm Mm-hmm. And instead of building up and unifying the Corinthian church in the city of Corinth, the issue of spiritual gifts was splitting it, Wow! sadly. And spiritual gifts have become symbols of spiritual power, creating rivalries because some people thought they were more spiritual than others because of their gifts. This was a terrible misuse of spiritual gifts because their purpose is always to help the church function more effectively, not to divide it. Mm-hmm. We can be divisive if we insist on using our gift our own way without being sensitive to others. We must never use gifts as a means of manipulating others or serving our own self-interest. Right, right. When you're passionate in your area of gifting, you plow forward with, I mean, like such drive that you're not going to let anybody get in your way from getting the work done that God's placed on your heart. Right, right. But then all of a sudden, someone else, let's say, a gift has a gift of hospitality. They jump in with what they feel is passionate about and then this is when the conflict develops. Yeah. You know, you've got a clashing of two different gifts and an argument ensues, right? Mm-hmm. We have to learn how to converge together with our individual giftings so we can work efficiently and beautifully together in unity and love. Yeah, that's yes. so true, you know. So in James chapter 4, they they thought the solution to their problem was quarreling fighting and murdering each other (laughs) that's not gonna work not gonna work that is not love yeah that was how they solved their issues and disputes and in the scripture james reveals what the real problem was it wasn't that they couldn't get what they wanted the real problem was the fighting the quarreling and murderous thoughts among them Mm -hmm. all of these were contrary to god's calling on their lives and their very nature as brothers and sisters in christ and david again the author says, what a remarkably significant thing it is to realize that what James's readers thought of as the solution to their problem was actually the problem itself. Yeah. So mm-hmm. where then does that kind of quarreling and fighting come from? It comes, James says, not from situation, ministry differences, theological technicalities, or the sins of others. Conflict within the church comes ultimately from our own sinful desires. Right. Ouch. Yep. You know? Yes. That's why, you know... You know, when Paul's writing in 1 Corinthians 12, all about these gifts and, you know, the different things, then he goes, but none of this is good if you don't have love. Right. And that's why all of 1 Corinthians 13 is about love. Love. And you have to have that in order to work in those gifts. Right. 
Mm-hmm. And if you're all about the gifts and not the love, then you're just a clanging symbol in somebody's yeah, ear, right, you know? <laughs> right. Causing all kinds of problems. Right. So the world, our flesh, and the devils are continually working to draw us away from obedience to God. They are constantly working to create and stir up selfish passions within us and cause them to war against us. So without a doubt, conflict within the church causes disunity, and this is the opposite of what God wants. Right. You know, Each of us have different spiritual gifts that are given to us by God. We need to put aside our own thoughts, and we've, we've said this several times already, and focus on learning how to operate as one in unity with each other within the church body. When we are flowing in unity, the body of Christ is edified, unified, and matured. We will then avoid deception by Satan and by wicked men, and we will grow in Christ. So when we are unified, others will see the harmony, and and they will also desire what is in us, which is God. Right. So how do you discover what your spiritual gifts or gifts are? Yeah, there are many spiritual gifts tests out there. I can recommend a very basic one, which can be found on Ministry Tools Resource Center at mintools.com. Yeah, and there's also one called the Redemptive Gifts Questionnaire. Mm -hmm. If you're interested in finding out what your gifts are, I'll put the links in the notes section of this episode. You know, all three of us took the test, and I don't think it would surprise any of our listeners (laughs) that we all scored high on teaching. Yeah. (laughs) We're so passionate about it. And my other two high scores were on prophecy and mercy. Yeah, mine were prophecy and exhortation. Yeah. Mine were mercy and prophecy. Yeah. Yeah, but all of us had teaching right there. I know, <laughs> amazing. Well, we had prophecy too. All three. Oh yeah, that's you know. Yep. It it really is there a joy to find out what your gifts are. I can't recommend it enough. Right. And yeah. I mean, because once you understand your giftings and the way God made you, I mean, okay, think about it from a practical basis. Mm-hmm. You can know what kind of career you should pursue, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it would help you. I, I think the younger you are. Not like grade school, but more like high school. school. You should be taking a spiritual gifts assessment test to just find out where you're gifted, what you you know, where your calling is. You know, it even just say, are you a leader? Are you a server? I mean, we should all be right doing all of them. But you know, you know where your strengths are. Yeah, and you know where you can at least have a direction. If you don't know what you want to do in life, at least you'll have a direction to point towards. Yeah, when you're operating in your giftings, you know, that's when you have the, the, the peace and you feel joy and you, mm-hmm. you just feel like something or not something that everything is right in your life. It's your you passion. Know? Because that's because yeah. that's the way God made you. Right. You and know? don't you want to be working a job that you're passionate about? That you like. And that you like. Do, that you're you going to naturally, it's yeah. going to come out of you anyway, right? Right. Yeah. right. You, you know, know and so. like you said, high school, that's a good age because mm-hmm. they're trying to figure out high school, high schoolers are trying to figure out what they're supposed to do in life. What are they going to go to college for? What, right. You know, what are the, what is my What does God thing? want you to do with your life? Right. Right. You right. Know? So it's really good just to kind of help you. Because, I mean, we're not here on this earth just to make money. Yeah. We're on this earth to complete God's will for our Mm -hmm. lives, to expand his kingdom. Right. So if you could work a job working in the giftings that God gave you, can you imagine what a great job you're going to be doing and what what a benefit and a passion you would have for just getting up and going to work each day? Right. Right. Right? Yeah. Like all of us want that. Right. Not a drudge job. Right. Right. That you hate, hate going, going to. to. I mean, nobody likes to work fast food, but we all need money, right? right. <laughs> to survive. But then it gets right. you to the next job. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's so good. I think that gives us inspiration yeah. and hope. Yes. Keep going. Yes. <laughs> Take a test. <laughs> Take a test. We're <laughs> All right.
right, it's time to close. So please join us next week. We will be discussing the Jewish Spring Feast. Yeah, and we just want to close with this scripture from Ephesians 4, 3 through 4. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. All right, that's good. Today's episode was edited by Caitlin Beck. Caitlin, thank you so much for putting up with us. <laughs> we mentioned a few articles as well as a spiritual gift, spiritual gifting test. So we will definitely put the links for all these in the notes section of this episode. Yes, and before you go, we invite you to please leave a written review anywhere you listen to this podcast. The more positive reviews we receive will lead to more listeners that God can reach. So also, please subscribe. We would appreciate it very much. And we just want to thank you for listening and allowing us to pour pure truth into you today. And we'd love to hear from you. So please email us at puretruthpodcast3, that's the number three, at gmail.com. All right. And please visit our websites. Mine is kathyzaka.com. Mine is laurapotter.us. And mine is susanoffen.com. And we hope you'll join us next time. And remember, live thirsty. Thank you, and may the Lord bless you and keep you, and may His face shine upon you and give you His peace. Until next time, Susan, Laura, and Kathy. Electric acid. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies, and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress, and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives' activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electricast production. Electricast. Electricast.